This is the NRL.com Final Series Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NRL Finals Podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined in the studio by Don Brock and making his NRL.com podcasting debut, Martin Gabor. Gentlemen, it's finals week. Are we all excited? We are. The, Martin, Martin, this isn't your debut. No, it's not. Look, oh, uh, right. sorry. I, I misspoke already. <laughs> no, it's fair enough. Uh, it wasn't a memorable debut. <laughs> I, I, think it was during, I was here the week you were on. I think it was during the origin period, so yeah, you go. fell through the in, cracks. I was probably up in coughs. Um, so we'll do a little bit of different, different structure today. We'll talk a little bit of fantasy, but more talking just footy and finals. We do have the uh, NRL finals fantasy competition running, so we have a few tips for that. Mostly just cast an eye over the, uh, the teams and give a, a few tips. Uh, we'll dive straight into we'll start off with Friday night which I think is probably the most interesting match of the round and the hardest one to tip with the Roosters hosting the Broncos at Allianz Stadium um, team news not a great deal to report although the Roosters are strengthened from that loss uh, not lost the game they almost lost against the Titans uh, Dylan Napa and Aiden Guerra back with a little bit of a forward and bench reshuffle how we see the uh, the Roosters for this one well just on that I was at Roosters uh, yep. media this morning uh, looks like Daniel Tupo will come back uh, on the left wing back from that groin injury with Joseph Manu the unlucky man to miss out yeah so they look a lot stronger um, stronger in the forwards as well as you mentioned CK um, they should be a lot better than they were last week they just got out of jail against the Titans um, it came down to that last goal from Michael Gordon yeah. to get them into second spot if they you know, had lost that game they'd be playing in Brisbane this week so that was a big result but they only managed to get away with it you'd, you'd expect they just took that game lightly against a very weak Titans team and will be much better this week and just on the uh, the Broncos Darius Boyd's probably the big out there with his hamstring strain I think Tavita Pangai Jr is also missing Nick Arima appears to be named at fullback rather than Anthony Milford with Benji Marshall to start in the halves um, David Mead comes in and uh, Jay Arrow onto the bench yeah it's a big change up isn't it for Brisbane there it's massive, and look, I think we saw Cody Nikarima defend on the wing last year against Melbourne, and Suliasi Vinavalu had a field day. The Roosters, if they get two Poe Ferguson, they've got some great leapers in that team, so I expect them to put a lot of pressure on Nikarima from the outset. Mail out of the uh, the the Broncos media, it seems to be that uh, Nikarima actually is training there. It's not just Ducks and Drakes, so I don't know how much he, if there's going to be a chance of switching up with Milford. It's probably. Like you say, Nikarima copped a bit of a bath when he was asked to defend on that wing. Um, it's probably more of an issue being that size if you're a winger than a, a fullback, but still maybe a little bit of a concern. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just think if, if you look at Brisbane's best spine, I mean, obviously it's Darius Boyd at the back, Milford Hunt in the halves with McCulloch at hooker. Anthony Milford is the only guy who's going to be playing in that position this week. Yeah. And I remember when they played in 2015 in the preliminary final, it was those four guys that tore the Roosters to shreds. I think they scored the first four tries in that game. So to rejig it at this stage of the year, it's, yeah, I, I don't think it bodes that well for them this Friday night. It's funny how it's worked out. At the start of the year, they had, it seemed like, too many playmakers with Benji Marshall there, Nick Arima, Milford, Ben Hunt, and now they're all starting at once in the same spine together. So that's come in handy. But, yeah, as you say, although they're all, they're all really good attacking players, it's the defensive areas where um, there could be issues. We mentioned a few weeks ago on the Fantasy Podcast when uh, McCulloch went down, how they actually looked a bit stronger in attack with Ben Hunt yeah. playing hooker. But um, we mentioned then they could struggle against the better teams in defence, which is what happened against Parramatta couple of weeks ago and might keep happening in the finals um Darius Boyd's a huge loss as well at the back both you know organizing in in attack um defense as well he's you know kangaroos fullback so 
a lot to make up there for Brisbane. Are we tipping the Roosters? Well, I think I think the fact that they won that game last week tips the scales in the Roosters' favour. They've won eight in a row at Allianz this year. Mm-hmm. I think their only loss was against Manly, and they've beaten Brisbane four times in a row at the venue. Um, so I'll, I'm going to be backing the Roosters. It'll be tight, um, but I just like the way they're defending, and I think they they can produce the points when they need them. Yeah, I was going to touch on the uh, the home and away sort of side of it because it, I think it is fairly significant for these two teams given how close they are and how much of an advantage they enjoy at home that this one is at Allianz rather than Suncorp. Yeah, I mean, we saw at Suncorp earlier in the year and the last few times they've played there, Brisbane have really ambushed them at the start. That 2015 prelim, Darius Boyd scored inside the opening minute thanks to that Sean Kennedale pass. And... Um, even this year, um, it was the outside backs. I don't know if you, if you can remember, their outside backs really had a field day against them. Uh, James Roberts uh, dominated his matchup with Latrell Mitchell. David Mead, I think, had his best game in years. So um, I think it won't be as dry uh, at Allianz, so maybe it'll be played more in the middle, and I think that definitely suits the Roosters. Touched on Brisbane's defence before, the fact they had to do so much defending against the Cowboys and, and did it so well, are they going to draw some confidence out of that? Sure. Um, and yeah, you can never write them off. Um, you know, we've been doing that, well, certainly since McCulloch went down, people thought their chances would would dip uh, a lot and they haven't. They've still been right up there. So um, yeah, I mean, who knows? And as as we kind of touched on, the Roosters were really rusty last week um, when they, would have, they were expected to win by 30, 40, 50 points against an understrength Titans team. So um, yeah, they'll be better, but they're going to have to be a lot better to, to beat the Brisbane. Two days extra rest, I think. And we're, we, are, we are all expecting the Roosters to come good, but if you look back at 2014 and 2015, everyone tipped them to go far. They had the home semi-final in week one and they lost to Penrith and the Storm and it took its toll in the end. So I think they've really focused in on this one. They know they must win if they want to win it in 2017. Just cast a quick glance over the, uh, the fantasy side of things. Uh, are we expecting a lot of points? Could this be a bit of a game to stay away from the outside backs or do we like your Latrells and James Roberts, you know, Mitchell Pearce? Yeah, it's actually a lot of competition at um, in the halves now with uh, Ben Hunt starting at hooker. He scored 50-odd fantasy points last week, playing the full 80. So he's only available in half still in fantasy, so it's him or Mitchell Pearce. Milford, if he goes big, big competition there not a lot of competition at hooker I think Jake Friend is pretty much it yeah um otherwise yeah I mean last week we thought the Roosters outside backs were going to cash in against the Titans and that didn't happen so I don't know might be one to stay away yeah uh, Jake Friend's great tip he's going to make 60 tackles um I just have a feeling Boyd Corden is really coming to his own mm-hmm. he's fit now um I think he scored a double last time they played at Allianz against the Broncos scored a crucial try last week I just think he could be one of the key factors on Friday night and the uh the Holden Cup curtain raiser I think it's the sixth place Broncos versus the seventh place Knights to kick this one off yeah um Brisbane uh the last couple of weeks they snuck home with a penalty goal after the siren last week and that really that's got them in the eight um, they've made a change. Their halfback, Jerome Burns, I think he's out with a hamstring. Um, so they've brought in uh, Dre Natuere Rowe. He's played 10 matches this season, nine off the bench, so I'm not too sure how, how he's going to go. Newcastle, well, is in, as miracles go, that was the definition of. Um, I think Jack Johns kicked a field goal in the 80th minute two weeks ago to beat Canberra. And then last week they had to beat the table-topping Sharks to make the finals, and lo and behold scored two tries in the last 10 minutes to get it done. 
Uh, Brisbane won 40-12 when they met earlier in the year. Uh, but Payne Haas, uh, who scored a hat-trick that afternoon, won't play. So I think that evens a playing field. I'll be tipping Brisbane, but week one of the Holden Cup finals, anything can happen. Who knows? All right, we'll kick along to uh, the Saturday games, and it's the Storm v. the Eels, 4.10pm at uh, Amy Park. Uh, Eels have won their last two trips down to Melbourne. They're coming in with nine wins from the last ten games. Martin, do you give Melbourne a chance in this one? <laughs> oh, look, it'd be one of, one of the all-time upsets if Melbourne were to get home. Um, you mentioned those Eels wins. I think they were both during the origin period, and they're Three pr- uh, previous trips to Melbourne, they lost 148 to 24. So, huh. uh, look, I think I'll be uh, <coughs> tipping Melbourne, but uh, str- stranger things have happened. Pick the Storm fan in the ear. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, um, it, it is. It is a clash of like two of the most informed teams in the comp, isn't it? Yeah. Just about. Yeah. Um, Parramatta have been great recently. Dusted up Brisbane a few weeks ago. The Storm, though, look unstoppable at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's going to be a brave man who will tip against them. Will you be that man, CK? I probably won't be that man, <laughs> I don't think. Um, they looked pretty untroubled against Canberra last week, and that's with no Dale Finucane and no Tim Glasby. So strengthened even more this week, Marty. Yeah, uh, two huge ins. Uh, Tim Glasby, uh, origin player now, and Dale Finucane, it seems a matter of when he'll be picked by the Blues. Already shown his wares at uh, country level. Um yeah, just last week, I mean, they just showed they can just score points from anywhere. Some of yeah. the tries they put on, if they complete above 80%, which they do on a regular basis, and if you give them penalties to piggyback them downfield, you're opening yourselves up to a massacre. Yeah. Bearing in mind it is a, uh, a limited time where in this podcast you want to wax lyrical on Cam Smith's uh, record-breaking achievement, if you can keep it under <laughs> 10 minutes. Or... Oh, uh, we spoke on Monday at the captain's call and... Look, he's broken records basically every week this mm. year, and he pointed out that this is the pinnacle. The game's a record. I mean, in what, 109 years to have played the most games is an incredible achievement. Going past good mate Darren Lockyer, um, to play 80 minutes virtually in the middle, rarely injured. I mean, but tore his peck, basically, and he mm. was back a week later. I mean, the man's a marvel. Um, yeah. yeah, 356, I think he can go another two three years if he wants. Well, he's playing as well now as he ever has, really. Like, it's, he doesn't look like slowing that's, that's down That's the scary thing. Him and Cooper Cronk, who's about to leave, and Billy Slater, who's towards the end of his career, and they're all playing as well as they ever have, which is scary for the rest of the comp. I mean, you saw last week, I mean, he put in a... went left and then put in a kick back for Cronk. I know Cronk was offside, but the ball just... He has it on a string. Like it, mm. Junior Paulo had it, and then it bounced over his head straight to Cronk. I mean, what these three have been able to achieve together is just phenomenal. He's one of those guys where if you don't, he's not really a highlight reel player, but if you understand the game, you just watch the little things he does around the ruck, you just have to shake your head sometimes at how well he controls the pace of what's happening. You think of all the 40-20s, he kicks out of dummy half and just kicking to the corners out of dummy half, or just taking a step and holding the ball up and just finding the perfect pass to the runner. Yeah, I think I think it's um, pretty much the Storms to lose this season, and you know if he gets injured, that's how they lose. I think if he's there, then they'll probably win the cup. Well, saw what happened in 2008. Yep. Got suspended, and mm. uh, we won't mention the grand <laughs> final. We'll uh, cast our eye over the Eels team, because they are coming into this one in form. Um, unchanged, I think, from last week. Bevan French to be given another week off with a hamstring injury. They didn't want to risk it, given the Eels to have a second bite of the cherry. Uh, if they lose, they'll probably play Cronulla at uh, ANZ next week. So um, 
Brad Arthur basically called it a free throw at the stumps. If they win, then you know you're to get a week off. If they lose, well, no one's expecting them to win anyway. Um, power pack forwards doing some good stuff. Halves probably the best kicking two halves as a combination in the comp at the moment. Yeah, look, it's, it's a strange one. Well, everyone talks about the buy of the year. I'm almost leaning towards a mid-season recruit being the buy of the year. Mitch mm. Moses, his transformation in the space of what three or four months has been yeah. outrageous. His control, some of his passes, there's a left to right that he's been throwing the no look cut out over the top. It, it's unrivaled, and you're mm. right, the kicking game they've got, they've been forcing line dropouts for fun. Um, I actually don't think it'd be as much of a shock as people are giving it if they were to get up. I think they do have the game, the offloads, um, the niggle, and just the freakish finishing ability on the fringes. It's funny with Moses, when he first arrived, um, there, were people, there was speculation that he wouldn't even you know, be first choice 5 eighths at first because they had uh, Clint Gutherson in great form. They had French at that time uh, available at fullback, but those two guys are both injured and Moses has been you know, better than anyone expected. His defence has been fine. Um, mm. That was his big concern beforehand. And in attack, he's been amazing. He's, he's been doing more than Corey Norman recently, yep. who was you know, awesome at the start of the year. So, um, yeah, it's worked out great. That my, combination. my one query is this is their first finals match in eight years. Yep. Uh, will, it, will they be overawed? Yeah, it's a tough one. You have to think, aside from, obviously, Michael Jennings, who's been there pretty much every year of his career, and, and Bo Scott, who's no stranger to it, um, there's not a lot of finals experience there. Um, Somi, Somi Orva won a premiership for South in the centres a couple of years ago. Um, there's a handful of experience elsewhere. The guys like Sui Matangi have played the odd game, but um, all the uh, you know the, the key players, I think Corey Norman played one finals game, I think at fullback for Brisbane a few years ago. Um, Mitch Moses, his finals debut... Um, a lot of the forwards, their finals debut, guys like Manimo, Tepai Maroa, um, Nathan Brown haven't played finals before, so it is probably a question mark. I think it's offset a bit this week. You know, finals are all about pressure, the intense, you know, the lifted pressure of these kind of uh, big games. But as you said, with the pressure off this week, then no one, you know, no one's expecting yeah. them to win. Um, it kind of balances that out. It might tell more a bit next week against the Sharks, who, you know, have played a lot of finals football, yeah. if they're playing the Sharks. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a massive factor. It's the bigger factor is just who they're playing and, and where this week. They probably need to, you mentioned their power pack forwards, sort of start the way they started against Brisbane a couple of weeks ago and sort of stun the Storm early and then go on with it if they're going to win this one because if the Storm get into the grind, there's just no way they're going to let the foot off. And that's been an issue. I think they've lost all four of their finals matches against Melbourne and in that 2009 grand final, I think it was 10-0 at half time and you can't afford for that to happen against Melbourne. Just a quick look at the Holden Cup for this one. It's the second-placed Panthers up against the third-placed Dragons. It's weird. I mean, Penrith have been so good for the last few years. Uh, this year, not so much, but they still managed to finish second, which is testament to them. They've only won two of the last four um, and got smashed by the Dragons 40-10 uh, to 10 in round 25 and also lost to them uh, in round one by, I think, two points. Uh, the Dragons as well, third Fair play to them, but they've only won two of their last six, so um, they did most of the damage early in the year. Um, this is a real toss of the coin game because it's been really hard to get a read on these both of these teams. I'm probably leaning towards Penrith um, just because of their finals experience, um, but the Dragons have shown... They've got what it takes to beat Penrith in 2017. So the Dragons fans need something to smile about. <laughs> well, that's after it. Last I mean, week. <laughs> the, the Dragons have a really, really exciting um, 
back line, and they've switched up the halves with Jackson Willis. Um, he's been the halfback for most of the year. He's gone back to the bench now, along with guys like TJ Ueli. It's a pretty impactful bench. So if the game isn't the balance, see the side of half time, you can look to those guys to sort of give them that lift. But yeah, who will win? I'm not too sure. Let's go. With, let's play it safe and go Penrith. Sure. Remiss me to uh, move past the Storm Eels game without asking for some fantasy tips. I assume Cameron Smith will be in most teams this weekend. <sighs> yeah, I think he has to be. Probably the captain in this one. Um, otherwise, usual suspects. Nathan Brown should score really well. Um, you'd expect he'd have a lot of defending to do against. Melbourne, who else? Well, last time they played, I think Semi had 50 points in the opening 10 minutes. Yeah. I think his first mm. three touches were line breaks. I I don't think that'll happen again <laughs> this weekend. Just, he's, in, he's in amazing form. Well, it, yes, that's true. But la- when they did play last time, Will Chambers wasn't there. I think he'll add a lot of starch uh, and help Suliasi Vinavalu a lot in, on that edge. Um, the halves, I mean... Munster's Cameron Munster's probably, probably the the, yeah. the best buy there. Yeah, Moses and Norman kind of cancel each other out in fantasy terms. They kind of split mm. the play, playmaking duties and the triasis and everything. So, yeah, Munster's the most reliable, I guess, yeah. in his running game. Aside from the forwards, obviously, Brown, I guess, the, the Storm, Jesse Bromwich has been a little bit off the boil fantasy-wise this year. Fanuk and these sort of guys are solid without being massive fantasy stars. Yeah, you, can you play... Brown, front row. Front row, yeah. Yeah, so get him in somewhere and then... You know, take the best of the rest yep. in the other spot. Take, take a gamble. All right, third game of the weekend. The Seagulls v the Panthers, 7.40pm at Allianz Stadium. Uh, can't wait for this one after uh, the, the fiery clash they enjoyed last Saturday. Manly are unchanged with uh, Darcy Lussick deemed not to have tripped anyone on the weekend. <laughs> um, before we head into uh, Penrith, let's cast our eyes over Manly. They were fantastic last week, really. Yeah. Um, blew Penrith off the park. Um, yeah, all their all their guns were firing. Brian Kelly had a great game at yeah. left centre. Probably um, enjoyed a bit of a rest yep. a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, you know, both halves had the ball in the string. Blake Green keeps kicking 40-20s for fun. Cherry Evans scored a try, had another good game, so... Yeah, everything looking up for them at the moment. Well, they lead the league in pretty much every kicking stat there is, but what really impressed me last week was their line speed. Uh, guys like Jake Trebojevic, uh, Darcy Lussick just shooting out and just completely nullified Regan Campbell-Gillard, who's been basically mm. the form prop last month or so. Can they back that up again? Uh, time will tell. Penrith will be a bit more ready for them, you have to think, this week. Uh, speaking of Penrith, Dylan Edwards named in the reserves. Um, no Matt Morland, obviously potentially for the whole finals series. Do we give them a chance of A, winning this week and B, making much of a dent in the finals? I can't. Look, just going off recent form, no. Um, mm. I know they won, what, seven in a row? So, but yeah. back-to-back losses. Um, yeah, I can't see them turning around, turning it around. One interesting note, Jerome Luai has been named on the extended bench. Hasn't played in NRL before, can play in the halves, can play at fullback. There's a bit of mail coming out that he, he will, in fact, get the start in the at the back. Yeah, right. At fullback. Uh, at fullback. Uh, I think he had 24 try assists in 18 games last year. In the 20s, missed the finals because of a dangerous throw. Um, he's been playing a lot of reserve grade this year. Uh, wouldn't surprise to see Anthony Griffin give him a go. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, they're still obviously missing... Matt Moylan a lot. You know, all that stuff is timed just at the wrong time of the year for yeah. them. Um, unwanted distraction and, you know, just a big loss. He's their captain. He's been their star 5-8th all year. Leaves a lot 
um, on the shoulders of Nathan Cleary at halfback. Um, so, yeah, and just with the turnaround on last week, you know, against the same opponent, yep. it seems a very big ask to expect them to win this one. Well, we saw it, well, we did see in 2009, Dragons beat Parramatta 37-0 in round 26, only for the Eels to beat them 25-12 in week one of the finals. I mm. uh, don't know if we can read too much into that, but <laughs> it, there is a precedent there for the Panthers to bounce back. Yeah, it's a, it's a, there are a few similarities there. The Eels had won seven or eight in a row at that point, and it was almost a loss they had to have, and it re-sparked them into the finals. Penrith, you could argue, a little bit similar, but I wanted to touch on their their win streak at risk of inciting the, mm. the Penrith fans out there. Um, they didn't really beat a lot of good teams. I think Cowboys are the only top eight team in all that, and they were just absolutely destroyed by injury. Was the the whole seven-game win streak a little bit misleading, do we think, for, for where Penrith are at this year? Yeah, I mean, it, it balanced out their horror start to the season a bit um, and was good enough to get him into the final so you know kudos but yeah as you say it wasn't um, the toughest run of opponents they were expected to win a lot of those certainly after they won the first couple you kind of expected them to win you could look ahead and go are they going to win the next four games so um, yeah I mean you know they lived up to expectations over that time but I don't know if you could say they're you know one of the elite teams because of that winning streak and it's not like they put those teams to the sword I mean they snuck past Canterbury in a really Dower sort of game. Even the cow- win against the Cowboys was, mm. I think they had to come from behind in that one. So, yeah, it was a seven game winning streak was good. And I just wonder if their drive was to make the finals, that was their goal. And now that they're there, what's the goal? I mean, yeah. do that, are they realistically thinking they can go all the way or have they run their race? And I, I think it's probably the latter. Throw in no Moylan and probably no Edwards, and it makes it tough for them. Uh, fantasy wise, uh, Nathan Cleary's been doing some good things in the Harbs this year, probably be a must have for a lot of teams. Yeah, although Cherry Evans could, you know, have another big yep. game. Um, I don't think he had a huge score last week, even though he had a try. But if he gets involved in a few try-scoring plays, he can go big. But yeah, clearly does um, pretty much all the kicking for Penrith these days. So he's a nice, uh, safe bet. Um, otherwise... Well, Regan Campbell-Gillard, does he, if he goes back to the bench, I mean, does that mean he'll get more points? Because that's that's <laughs> yeah, been the case the last two months. Um, Trent Merrin starting... You'd expect him to play big minutes. and Yeah, although a, although Jake and Tom Turbo have both been great in fantasy. Jake's, I think, averaging 60-odd or more in the last few weeks, mm. been scoring tries. 80 last week. Yeah, exactly. So you almost have to lock those two in somewhere and then you know work your team around that. The uh, the third Holden Cup game of the weekend, um, it's actually, they're the both ki- on Sunday, but we'll go into the... Um, the first place Sharks be the fourth place Eels, is it? Yes. Yep. Uh, well, Sharks won 15 in a row, competition record, mm. but they've actually limped into the finals on the back of consecutive defeats to the Roosters and Knights. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, competition record, 344 points. There's nothing this guy can't do. I think we'll be talking about him in the next year or two as an ex-Nathan Cleary, I really do. And they get Jesse uh, Ramian back at centre yep. after his... Uh, he was great last week. ...after his he? NRL debut. Um, interesting, they played once this year back in round four. Parramatta won 22-12. to 12. And I just want to pay special mention to Reed Marnie, who led the league with 965 tackles despite only starting three games. Wow. Yeah, that's an incredible stat. There's it's... a lot of incredible stats in Holden Cup. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Holden Cup. Um, so I guess we're tipping the Sharks in this one then. I'll be tipping the Sharks to bounce back in style. 
Nice one. Uh, fourth and final NRL game of the weekend is the Sharks and the Cowboys. Fifth v eighth, the uh, the 2016 Premiers versus the 2015 Premiers. Should be a ding-dong battle. I think they've faced each other in a finals uh, knockout game in three of the past four years as well. So a bit of history developing between these two teams. Uh, Jack Bird and Wade Graham both named to return for the Sharks with uh, the aforementioned Ramian and Kurt Capewell also dropping out. Um, the Sharks boys, just so much big game experiences as well. We start to see what they're made of. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, they should they should be you know very good in this game. Um, we mentioned uh, off air beforehand that um, they kind of limped into the final series last year um, with some rocky form and then won the comp anyway. So you can kind of disregard their recent form um, and especially a game like this, like this with Bird and Graham back to Origin stars. They should be a lot stronger. Um, yeah, any negatives? I, I think they've timed their run. I yeah. think yeah. they were just waiting to get here, and now the real competition starts for them. Three 300 gamers. I mean, mm. so much experience against a really ravaged Cowboys side. I think it's theirs to lose. The stats suggest as much. Sharks have won four in a row against North Queensland, um, and the Cowboys have lost seven in a row at Allianz including finals matches against the Sharks in 2013 and 16. Yeah, you were mentioning with Penrith about whether their goal was to make the finals and that would whether that's enough. And for the Cowboys, that definitely looks like the case. With, I mean, it's pretty incredible they've made it, to be honest, with the injuries mm. they've had. Um, Thurston and Matt Scott are two, you know, first pick kangaroos, um, co-captains, and they've missed them for a, a lot of the season and they've still managed to... You know, most teams who would lose a Thurston-quality player you just write off their chances for the... For the year, but they've um, they've scraped in thanks to the Bulldogs beating the Dragons last mm. week. Um, so you know, outstanding achievement to get there. It's hard to see them going any further than this. I have one stat that'll mm. give the Cowboys fans some nice. hope. The last six defending premiers have all lost in week one of the finals the following year. Now that doesn't mean they've been eliminated, but they have lost. So, so some of them have finished top four and lost, and then had another crack it. at it. So they've all lost that that week. Frenella, if history suggest, if we follow history, would be the seventh team to lose and be eliminated. But uh, I think stats are meant to be broken. And I'm not sure. <laughs> what do we think about the Cowboys? We talk about the huge uh, injury toll. They're unchanged this week from the the Broncos game, which obviously they they did struggle to score points. Um, Thurston and Matt Scott are long term absentees. Uh, we all know about them. They've basically got most of their other players back on deck now. The guys who've been missing for short periods, you know, Gavin Cooper and Sean Fence and a few other guys are all back. Um, I know Justin O'Neill's still missing from the centres, but Javid Bowen's doing a good job. Um, they're, you know, they've still got, you know, all your, you know, Michael Morgans and, you know, a lot of experienced forwards as well, so they're not without a hope. Yeah, and they've had a 10-day break as well since the uh, last game, so they'll be relatively fresh, the guys that are still fit. Um, and yeah, and those stars that you mentioned, Michael Morgan's been fantastic in the second half of the year, well, all year really. Um, Tom Ololo seems to just get better and better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're not they're not without a hope, but they'll rely on those two guys and the other guys in the spine, Granville, Lachlan Coote, to have really big games for them to uh, you know be in with this one in well, with a chance. Yeah, I mean it's easy to focus on who's out, but as you said, if you look at who's in, they've got a glut of rep stars in this team. Any exactly. side that has Jason Tamalolo mm. is is a chance. Um, he's a reigning Dalian player of the year for a reason. Uh, Jake Granville, I think one of him or Coote is really waiting to burst through to have a really big game. I think Michael Morgan's been carrying the load a lot this season, and if one of those other guys, even Tamari Martin, if one of them can just produce maybe their best performance, I give them a really good chance. 
because um, they've been a bit quiet. I think Jake Granville was off for a bit too long last week. Yeah, it seemed like it, didn't it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, Ben Hampton provides plenty, but Jake Granville, we saw in the 2015 grand final, he's the guy that's got to be on the field for at least 60, 65 minutes. You talk about um, shouldering the low, can Tamalolo just keep doing what he's doing? Because he was absolutely immense last week in a, you know, a pretty soundly beaten team, and he's just been producing these massive, massive numbers all year. Is it going to start to take its toll, or is he sort of just get these last few weeks out of the way? I think he can probably keep going for as long as they're alive, but whether it's enough is the question. So, you know, they've, yeah. they've missed... The fact Matt Scott's been out a year is one of the reasons why he's had to make such um, a huge impact every week. Um, and this week, he could do that. He could get 200, 300 metres, and he's still up against a team that has Gallen, who made 300 himself last week. Yeah. For feeder, Wade Graham's back. So... You know, the Sharks have a really good pack. Um, Tom Lolo will probably need to be that good for the Cowboys to be in with a shot. Well, that's it. It's Tom Lolo with a bit of daylight for the Cowboys pack, with the Sharks, if Gallon takes the first hit up, then for feeder, then Gray, and then Gallon again. I mean, that's 60 mm. metres right there, and it just gives those outside backs so much room to, to run loose. Cast your eye over them from a fantasy perspective. I guess we can't pick Tamalolo and Gallon, which is probably the decision of the, yeah. the week. One of them has to be a captain, but it's on your pick. <laughs> and the other one doesn't play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Flip you a coin. Can't really lose, can you? Yeah, unless one of them gets an HIA or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so one of those guys for feeder, probably Morgan in the Morgan halves. in the halves because the Sharks guys can tend to miss a few tackles. So Morgan. Yeah, definitely. Hookers are tough one. There's no 80 minute hookers in this no. game. Yeah, uh, I'd almost lean towards Granville. I mean, Braley relies on the tackles mainly, and I'm not sure they'll be doing a lot of defence. So it's a good point. Yep. Have a look at the uh, the last Holden Cup game of the uh, the round, which I think is the Cowboys in fifth, the the eighth place to see Eagles. Yeah, a bit of interest on the extended bench. Kalen Pong has been named. I spoke to him on Monday. He said he's got a rotator cuff injury. He's hopeful to play this week, but I think it's more than likely he'll be given another week off. Um, bit of judiciary news. Manly lost their skipper, Jesse Martin, to a two-game suspension for a dangerous throw, whereas the Cowboys' lock, Corey Horsberg, I think beat his charge last night, or at least had it downgraded, so he's free to play. Uh, they met earlier in the year. Uh, Cowboys won by eight points, I think, and I just think uh, they'll be too strong uh, on Sunday. That uh, just about wraps us up for the uh, first edition of the NRL Finals podcast. Um, you can catch all of us on Twitter through the week. I'm ckennedy80, dom underscore brock, and at martinjgabor. Uh, we'll be back next week with another Finals Fantasy podcast. Uh, remember, all tickets to Allianz Stadium include return transport on Sydney trains and direct buses from Central, and there are seating eight tickets available for the Allianz games, which includes unlimited food, chips, popcorn, soft drinks, sausage, sizzle and a seed as well so if your team is still alive in the finals then all the best uh, to you this weekend otherwise hope you can find a team to, uh, to bandwagon on enjoy the footy and we'll see you next week register now to play finals fantasy at fantasy.nrl.com tickets are available to finals games at tickets.nrl.com forward slash finals this has been the nrl.com finals series podcast